for Christmas. Hmm. I don't, I don't know if you really are. Are you guys excited about Christmas Eve? Yes. Okay. I cannot wait for Christmas Eve. Hey, for those of you that are joining us online, we will not be streaming our Christmas Eve services. You have to be there and be present to be part of those. It's going to be an incredible time. We have amazing music planned and inspiring message. And then if you come at 3.30, we have lots of stuff for your family that you guys can hang out. You can do some activities together before we have our service at 5 o'clock. But make sure you guys bring blankets and lawn chairs and all that kind of stuff. It's going to be amazing. I don't know if you guys were there last year, but we had a blast. And so hopefully you guys are coming. You're bringing your friends, your family, your coworkers, your neighbors, everybody that you can think of. Invite them out there to be part of that. Also, coming up next weekend, we are actually not hosting in-person services. All of our services will be online. And so I want to encourage you guys, jump online. Include yourself in the comments. Chat back and forth. Let's join our community that's watching online with us every single week. And maybe... As we join them next week, and maybe they'll be able to come back and join us. We would be so excited about that. And so we can't wait for you guys to hang out with us next week and online as you're there at home or traveling or wherever you're going to be with your family. Also, coming up in January, one of my very favorite things that we do as a church is 21 days of prayer and fasting. And if you guys have never done this and never been part of it, it's such an amazing way to start your year. I mean, how often do we kind of sit and pray and like spend time with God and and fasting, you know, it isn't something that's just always food. It can be social media, it can be sugar, it can be many different things that you give up and then replace that time with time with God. And every morning throughout the week at 6.30 a.m., we're gonna be hosting early morning prayer. And then on Saturdays at 9 a.m., so we would love for you guys to come to sit in here, to pray, to to seek God in the beginning of our year so that this year, 2021, coming up can be amazing and that we can accomplish everything that God has set out for us to accomplish. And so for those of you that don't know me, my name is Shayla. I'm actually Pastor TJ's wife, and, and I get the joy and the honor of getting to bring you guys God's word this morning. And how many of you guys really enjoyed last weekend? I so enjoyed TJ's message about not just focusing on creating the perfect Christmas, but focusing on the perfect Savior. And I think there's something so powerful about that in our life is when we stop looking at everything that we have to do and focus on the one that matters most, and that's the one that sacrificed his life so that we could have relationship, so that we could walk in freedom. And I want to expound on that a little bit this week, but before we dive into that, have you guys ever noticed that people have more boldness or willingness to do something if somebody else is with them? Right? If somebody else is with you, it's like, okay, I can do that. I can jump out of that plane or I can, you know, take that step of faith because somebody else is with me and I'm not by myself. Makes all the difference when somebody's with you. Well, a couple of years ago at Christmas time, TJ and I were finishing up some last minute shopping. And how many last minute shoppers do we have out there? I am still not done. And like this week is Christmas. Yes, everybody, slackers represent. Okay. So we're out, we're out shopping, and you know, at Christmas time, it is so crazy. You can't find a parking spot when you're out shopping at the mall. And so we're driving around this parking lot forever, it felt like, waiting for a parking spot. And finally, I see this guy get in his car, so I like zoom up there, and I'm like right there, and I, I turn my blinker on like, hey, this is my spot. I saw this spot. And so this guy gets in the car, he puts his reverse lights on, and then he sits there. 
Those people drive me crazy. If that is you, please stop. Don't turn on your car, don't push the brake lights, anything that signals like I'm ready to go. So this guy like puts on his reverse lights and then sits there. I don't know if he's on his phone. I don't know if he's having a conversation. I don't know if he's admiring what he just bought. But I'm like, dude, can you see all these people looking for a car? Back it on up. And so finally, after what felt like five minutes, the guy starts to back out of the spot. And he backs out in this perfect way that as he starts backing out, this other car zooms straight in there and takes my spot after I've been waiting five minutes for this sneaking parking spot. And do you know, I'm probably not the best Christian. This guy parks in my spot. I rolled down my window, stuck my arm out that window and just stared at his car. Just staring him down. And he stayed in his car for a few minutes. I think he's like, what is this chick doing? And so I'm just staring at him. I wasn't moving. I'm like, no, dude, you took my spot. So I'm staring out my window. And this guy gets out. And no lie, you guys, this dude is six foot five, 300 pounds. And I still, I just, I, wa I watched him as he got out of his car. And as he's walking, I just stood, sat there. TJ's like, what are you going to do? I was like, listen, the only reason I'm doing this is because you're with me and you got my back, because otherwise I wouldn't be sitting here standing, you know, staring at this six foot five, 300 pound man. And so I'm sitting there and I'm staring, I'm staring, I'm staring. He got to the end of his car and do you know what he did? He turned right back around, got back in his car, put it in reverse and I said, I'm so sorry, ma'am, this spot is yours. I was like, you better believe, come on. But you guys, I would have never done that had TJ not been with me. Like there was some sort of boldness that rose up in me that said, no, 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 this isn't right. And I can stand here because my husband's got my back, even though he really didn't. Because he's like, I don't know what you're doing. But I just had some sort of boldness because he was with me. And you guys, can I tell you something? That is my favorite part about Christmas. Because I want to share with you guys the power of somebody that is with us constantly because of what happened on Christmas and because of what Jesus gave us through the Christmas story. And I wanna recap kind of what happens as we dive in this morning. You guys have all heard the Christmas story. You've heard of Mary and Joseph and they were gonna have a baby. And, and so Mary is actually pregnant by the Holy Spirit with Jesus. And she's engaged to Joseph and, and Joseph finds out that she's pregnant and he's like, oh no. You're not going to be going around on me. You're not going to be sleeping around on me. Like, how did, how did this happen? And he plans to divorce her. He plans to get rid of her because she's pregnant and it's not his. And so an angel shows up to Joseph and says, wait a second, Joseph, chill out. This is basically Shayla's version. He says, Joseph, chill out. Like, she actually is pregnant with the Savior of the world. She is pregnant by the Holy Spirit. I want you to stay with her. I want you to marry her. I want you to, to raise this child together. And this is kind of where we pick up the story in Matthew 1, 21 through 23. And this is the angel talking to Joseph. And he says this, and she will have a son and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. And I just want to pause for a second here because the name Jesus in this time was actually a very common name. There was a lot of people named Jesus. It was something that he would, you know, many people would be named in that time. It's actually a pretty common name now, too. 
Like I was at a restaurant the other day and my waiter had a name tag and it, tag and it said J-E-S-U-S. -S. And I was like, oh, that's an amazing name. How do, you, what do you, how do you pronounce it? And he's like, Jesus. I was like, oh, Jesus, that's, that's incredible. And he was such an amazing waiter. He like kept coming over. He was so attentive. He was like filling up my water glass. And I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> he, he actually thought it was funny. So it's okay to laugh. But Jesus was such a common name then, it's a common name now, but it's a name that literally meant Jesus, God saves. But you know, I think right here in the story, as the an angel is announcing this, you are to name him Jesus and he will save his people from their sins. I think so many people stop right here in the Christian narrative. They stop right here. And I think too many people know about God, but they know him from a distance. They know his mission, but they don't know the man. I think a lot of people know what he did, but they don't know what he's doing inside of them right now. And this verse continues on, and this part of the verse in Matthew is actually the angel retelling what a prophet had prophesied many years earlier in Isaiah about a savior that was gonna come. And so this angel continues on. It says, look, the virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So basically Jesus is gonna have a nickname. Okay, because first of all, the angel comes and she says, you will name him Jesus, but they will call him Emmanuel. So Jesus is gonna walk around and, and they're gonna call him by this nickname, by this name, Emmanuel. And you know, I think this was a very unique quality that Jesus had. This name that he identified with is something I think that we all need in our life, and that's that we need more than a savior. I mean, thank God that he saved us. Thank God that he died for our sins, that he saved us for our sins, but we need a God that is not just our savior, but a God that is up close and personal. And here's something you guys need to know, that our God was never intended to be understood. You're never going to be able to figure him out. It's never going to make sense. You're never going to be able to comprehend. And let me tell you, I don't want to serve a God that I can figure out. But God was never designed to be understood. He was meant to be experienced. And that's what this is saying right here. Emmanuel is God with us. It is this experience that is present in our life every single day. Jesus means that God is with us. No matter what we walk through, no matter what we experience, and God with us is such a powerful thing if we can grab hold of it. Because you know what? Jesus came to this earth and he lived the life like we lived. He had success. He had fame, but you know what he also had? He also had heartbreak. He also had tragedy. People abused him. People talked behind his back. People slandered him. They betrayed him. They falsely accused him. Listen, he's walked through everything that we've walked through. And this Christmas, he's saying, listen, Jesus is present with you. God is with you. No matter what you're walking through, no matter what your situation is, and when I read these things in the Bible, I try to kind of make sense of it myself sometimes. I try to picture it how, how what makes sense to me. TJ, will you throw me that thing real quick? And I imagined this being something like when we invite Jesus into our life 
And it says that God is with us. It's like something that we put on, that we carry with us everywhere we go. It's something that surrounds us. It's something that consumes us. It's something that we take with us no matter what situation we walk into. And this verse is saying, Emmanuel, God with us, he is surrounding you. He is with you in every single thing that you walk through, good or bad. That he is present in our life every single day. And Isaiah actually continues on as he's prophesying about this savior that's gonna come, that's gonna be God with us. And he gives us some other keys of, of the things that God with us is gonna add to our life and the value that he brings and the transformation that begins to take place. And those things come out of Isaiah 9, 6. And it says this, for a child is born to us and a son is given. And the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Amen. And listen, I think these four things are so transformational if we will begin to think about God with us because the first thing that he says is God with us means that we have a wonderful counselor. Amen. And I don't know about you guys, but I could walk around with a counselor in my life. Like, I need somebody that's walking with me, helping me to understand. And you guys, listen, God with you, he is available to help you in those things. When you're in a moment where you don't have a family member or a friend, or you don't know have somebody there to kind of talk you through something, and there's anger bubbling up inside of you, do you know what you can say? God, I know that you're with me right now, and I need you to help me deal with this. I need you to help me process through these feelings and these emotions and these things that are coming up right now because God is with you in that moment. He's there to walk you through it. He's there to help you decipher through those, the confusion and the difficult moments and the, the emotions that are present inside of you. You know, the Bible actually says in James 1.5, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. You guys, I do this all the time because I understand that I have a God is with me that all I have to do in a moment is say, God, I need your wisdom. I need you to help me make the right decision right now, Lord. Lead, guide, instruct me right now, Lord. I need you. Yeah. And he is present. He is right there. He is our wonderful counselor. It also says that God with us means that we have a mighty God. How many of you guys go to the gym? Okay, five of you. Maybe New Year's resolution in this place, okay? Well, I was at the gym the other day, and we were doing bench press. And I had gotten to that place in that bench press where it's like harder and harder and harder to push that bar up. And I, I got to the place where I was like, I can't do this, I can't do this. And luckily, somebody was behind me as my spotter, and when I lost my strength, their strength kicked in. And that's the same thing that happens with God, because God is with us. We have this mighty God that when we can't do it, he can that when we lose our strength or we can't see how we're going to get out of this, he's going, Shayla, I got you. When you can't, I can. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, it says this, my grace is sufficient for you and my power is perfected in your weakness. Amen. Amen. Listen, God's power kicks in when ours ends. And if we can have this awareness that we have a God that is with us, that is present in every aspect of our life, when we don't feel like we can, we can be confident that somebody is there who can do it. Yeah. And we need to have this awareness of this God with us, this mighty God. And then it says God with us means everlasting father. And you know, there are, I think, few words in any language that evoke the kind of feelings that we have when we hear the word father. 
You know, some of us will feel a sense of loss this Christmas because we had fathers who are wonderful that are no longer with us. Or because we have unfulfilled longings of the kind of father that we never had. And you know, this God with us, this everlasting father should bring so much joy to our life because we have somebody there that we are under his care, his protection, his provision. That he is a father that when we fall down or we make mistakes or we lose hope that he is right there to lift us up out of it. Not to say, I can't believe you did that. See, this is why you're in the situation you're in. He's saying, no, my child, I got you. He's an everlasting father. The Bible says that he will never leave us nor forsake us. You know, TJ and I, many of you have heard our story is that We've never had biological children, but we were foster parents, and we had this little boy that was totally transformational in our life. His name was Alexander, and we actually brought him home from the hospital when he was five days old and had him till he was about a year and a half, and we're still present in his life. We still get to hang out with him, but here's one thing that I realized about this everlasting father, is that when they laid that child in our arms, there was nothing like that feeling. Didn't matter that he wasn't mine. Didn't matter that he didn't have the same blood, come from my blood. That child was mine, and I loved him with this everlasting love that I knew that no matter what this kid ever did, that I was going to be there to lift him up out of there. I was going to be there to protect him, to provide for him. No matter what happened in his life, I was going to be his greatest advocate. And when God is with us, we have the greatest advocate as our father that wraps us up, that pulls us out because he is present and available and with us. It also says God with us means that we have a prince of peace. It means that there's this peace that is all encompassing in our life. And this peace that it's talking about there actually means peace of your mind, body, and soul. It means mentally, physically, and spiritually means every aspect of your life, you can walk around with this peace that surrounds you. And some of you guys, you could use desperately some peace in your life right now. That there is so much unrest, so much unsettling inside of you, but you have available a God who is with you, who is the Prince of Peace. And this is one of the greatest indicators that, that I can see that God's present in my life. Because when, when I... I'm thinking about God with me. When I am struggling with a decision or I need to to decide something, I have this wonderful counselor that I can go to that, that I can say, God, what do you want me to do? Help me to understand what I need to do in this situation. And do you know there's all these different things that I could decide on, but the one thing that I know that God is present is when peace is right there. And so when I ask my wonderful counselor and there is peace present, I know that God is right there. And that's the decision that I'm supposed to make. Because when it's absent of peace, God isn't present there. And it can be the craziest thing. It can be a decision that makes no no sense at all. But because there's peace there, I'm like, that's what I'm supposed to do. Because there's this peace that is present with us if we could recognize that we have a God that walks with us, that is available to us. See, we have so much strength and wisdom and comfort that is available to us. We need to use him, rely on him, trust in him. In Psalm 62, 8, it actually says this, trust in 
lean on, rely on, have confidence in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts before him because God is a refuge. You know, so many people come up to me and they say, Shayla, you seem to have so much faith in this positive thing and you just, like, how do I get what you have? And do you know why I had this, have this in my life? It's because I have had a revelation that I have a God that is with me, that I'm in constant conversation with, that is my wonderful counselor, my mighty God, my everlasting father, my prince of peace. And when I can have this constant conversation with God, man, there is so much confidence that I can have because I know he's with me. And it can be the greatest, my hope for all of you guys is that today you will walk out of here with a tangible sense of God's presence in your life because he is right there. And that's what the greatest news about the perfect savior is all about is that we have a God that is present in our life every single day. No matter what we walk through, no matter what we experience, that he is there. But you know, there's only one thing that hinders God's presence in our life and it's called sin. The Bible actually says sin separates us from God. And sin is actually, it means that you've, you've just missed the mark. You've made mistakes, you've done dumb things. The Bible actually says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standards, meaning that we all need this savior. We all need this this savior that paid this ultimate sacrifice because do you know before Jesus came, when people had sin in their life, when they needed to ask for forgiveness something, they had to actually make a sacrifice of an animal and bring it to the temple and go before the priest to make atonement for their sin. You couldn't even have relationship with God. You had to go to a priest to be able to to commune and talk with God. But when Jesus come, and the reason that he's our savior is because he paid the ultimate sacrifice so that we could have connection with God. And that's what so many of us need in our life. And if we go back to to Matthew, the very first thing that it says, and and she will have a son and they will name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. We need Jesus, which means our savior. And if we want this God that is present in our life, that is with us, that walks with us, that talks with us, that equips us, that empowers us, that gives us hope and freedom and wisdom and all of these different things, then the first thing that we need to do is to acknowledge that Jesus is our savior and that we need him. Because we're not good enough on our own. And we have this loving father that wants relationship with us. He wants to walk with us and talk with us, but first, we have to identify that, you know what, we're not good enough in and of ourselves. That we all have things that separate us from God, and that he's going, listen, I just want you to recognize me as your savior because I wanna be in relationship with you. You know, there's this story of this girl named Christina, who is from like this small, dusty village in Brazil, 
And she was bored and she felt like her strict parents had robbed her of amazing life because they were so strict. And she had these dreams of going to the big city, of going to Rio and really living her life. And one day her mother Maria woke up and went into Christina's bedroom and noticed Christina wasn't there. And she knew exactly where she had gone. And so her mom packed clothes in a bag, got some money out of the bank, and she headed for the bus station because she was gonna go to Rio and find her daughter. And before she got to the bus station, she stopped at a drugstore and they had one of those photo booths where you can go in and like take the passport pictures. And so she took all of these pictures and she put them in her purse. And when she got to Rio, she looked everywhere. See, she searched every place that she could think of and this mom began to take these pictures and just put them up everywhere that she was. She put these pictures everywhere that she could think, everywhere that she went, she plastered her face on these bulletin boards throughout the city. But she could never find Christina. So she ended up discouraged and getting back on this bus and heading home, tears in her eyes, just distraught that she couldn't find her daughter. And months went by. And one day, Christina was walking down the stairs of her hotel, and she was tired. She was worn out. The youthfulness that was in her eyes had now faded to, to fear and pain. And her mind often drifted back to the comforting thoughts of her mother and the life that she had back home and the love and the acceptance that she had. She just had this heaviness and this weight. As she was walking down those stairs, she looked at the bulletin board and there was a familiar face on that bulletin board. And with tears starting to sting her eyes and her throat started to tighten up and she grabbed that picture of her mom and she began to look at it and she flipped it over. And on the back it was written, whatever you've done, whatever you've become, it doesn't matter, just come home. And Christina in that moment boarded that bus and went back home. See, Christina's mom pulled out all of the stops to have her daughter back home. And can I tell you something today? Jesus has been plastering his hand and his face all over the place. And you are not here by accident this morning. And he has been going, I want you to come home. And there is a savior that loves you so much that wants to give you freedom and forgiveness and life beyond what you've experienced. And there's a couple of you that I wanna pray for in here today because there's some of you guys that you once acknowledged the savior, but you know what, you've, you've kind of taken that off. 
and you've put God to the side and you've kind of just forgot about him. It was something you did a long time ago, but that's not something that has been active and present in your life. And today you're saying, Jesus, I want you to be my savior, to dwell with me, to walk with me, to be God with me. And then there's another group of you that you've never accepted Jesus as your savior. You've never acknowledged and said, Jesus, I believe in you. The Bible says that if you will believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, that you will be saved. So simple, it's so easy. There is a God that is waiting that goes, man, I wanna be in relationship with you. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're someone in here that needs to make a decision to make Jesus your savior today, or maybe you need to re-acknowledge that decision today and say, God, I need you present in my life. If you find yourself in either of those categories, I would love to pray for you. If you'll just slip up your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. One, yes, I see you. Heavenly Father, we come before you. And Lord, I thank you for this person, God, that is making a choice today to surrender their life, to accept you as their savior, to walk with them, to talk with them, to be present in their life, God. And as they acknowledge you as their savior today, Lord, that you would come and that you would begin to transform their life, God, that there would be a tangible sense of your presence with them that would begin to change every aspect of their life. So God, we thank you for who you are, for your presence in our life. And it's in Jesus' name that we all said, amen.